0: welcome to the text in us podcast i'm your host george fricks and i'm here with my co-host l grover fricks to resume our discussion in genesis chapter 37
1: indeed we are we're starting this new story of yosef in chapter 37 i'm excited so let's get into it
0: yeah significant portion of uh the, book. Know, the book so
1: absolutely let's see what it has scroll a better sheet chapter 37 Yaakov settled in the land of the sojourning of his father in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Yaakov. Yosef, 17 years old, was pasturing the flock with his brothers. He was a young man with the sons of Vilhan, the sons of Zilpah, women of his father. Yosef brought an evil, creeping rumor regarding them to his father. Yisrael loved Yosef more than all his sons, for he was the son of elders. He was for him. He made for him a tunic with sleeves that reached his palms. His brothers saw, for their father loved him more than all his brothers. They hated him and could not speak to him for shalom. Yosef dreamed a dream. He proclaimed to his brothers. They added more to the hating of him. He said toward them, Shm'ah, please, this dream which I have dreamed. Look here, we were binding the bound things as if to make them mute within the field. Look here, my bound thing arose and also stationed itself upright. Look here, your bound things surrounded her and bowed themselves to my bound thing. The brothers said to him, Reigning shall you reign over us, or ruling you shall rule within us. They added more to the hating of him over his dreams and over his words. He dreamed again another dream. He told the story to his brothers. He said, look here, I have dreamed a dream again. Look here, the sun and the moon and eleven stars bowed themselves to me. He told this story toward his father and toward his brothers. His father rebuked in him. He said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? I, your mother and your brothers, shall come to bow ourselves to you toward the land. His brothers were envious in him. His father guarded the word. His brothers walked to pasture the flock of their father in Shechem. Yisrael said to Yosef, are not your brothers pasturing in Shechem? Walk. Oh, I would send you toward them. He said to him, look, I'm here. He said to him, "'Walk, please. See the peace of your brothers and the peace of the flock. Cause a word to return to me.' He sent him from the valley of Chevron. He came to Shechem. He found a man. Look here, he was wandering in the field. He asked the man, saying, "'What are you seeking?' He said, "'I am seeking my brothers. Tell me, please, where are they pasturing?' The man said, They have pulled up their tent pegs and departed from this, for I add them, saying, Oh, that we might go to Dotan, two wells in Akkadian. Yosef walked after his brothers. He found them in Dotan. They saw him from afar before he drew near to them. They deceived within themselves regarding him to bring his death. They said a man to his brother, Look here, this master of dreams is coming. Now walk, would that we could kill him and fling him into one of the wells. We will say that a female evil living thing devoured him. We will see what will be of his dreams. Ruvain shamed and snatched him from their hands. He said, we ought not to strike a soul. Ruvain said toward them, do not pour out blood. Fling him toward this well that is in the desert. Do not send a hand within him. This was an order that he could snatch him from their hands and cause him to return toward his father. It was when Yosef had come toward his brothers, they stripped Yosef of his tunic, the tunic with the sleeves that reached his palms that was upon him. They took him and flung him into the well. The well was empty with no water in it. They sat to eat bread. They lifted their eyes. And they looked. Look here. A caravan of Yishmaelim, coming from the heap of witness, their camels carrying spices, medicine, and resin, walking to descend to Mitzrayim. Yehuda said to his brothers, "What profit if we kill our brother and cover his blood? Walk. We ought to sell him to the Yishmaelim. I would not have our hand in him, for our brother is our flesh." His brothers, Shemad, men merchants of Midian, crossed over. They drew up and brought Yosef up from the well. They sold Yosef to the Yishmaelim, 20 silver. They brought Yosef to Mitzrayim. Ruven returned to the well and look here, Yosef was not in the well. He tore his clothes. He returned to his brothers. He said, the child is not, where shall I go? They took the tunic of Yosef. They slaughtered a hairy goat. They dipped the tunic in the blood. They sent the tunic with the sleeves which reach the palms. They brought toward their father. They said, we have found this. Scrutinize, please, the tunic of your son. Is it or not? He scrutinized it. He said, the tunic of my son. A female evil living thing has eaten him. Torn. Yosef is torn as a young fruit. Yaakov ripped his dress and placed mesh upon his hips. He mourned over his son many days. All his sons and all his daughters rose to comfort him. He refused to be comforted within himself. He said, for I will descend toward my son, mourning into Sha'ol, asking. His father sobbed for him. The Midanim sold him toward Mitzrayim to Potiphar, he whom Ra has given, a eunuch of Pero, commander of the slayers. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God.
1: So much happens.
0: Uh, Yeah, a a lot happens throughout this uh, story and I'm excited to get into it.
1: Great, how do you divide it up?
0: Uh, Three sections here. Uh, Part one is verses one through 11, part two is 12 through 24, and part three is 25 through 35. So pretty even divisions there of the story. So let's dive in. All right. All right, so Yaakov, settled in the land of the sojourning of his father in the land of Canaan. So we have this, you know, we've talked about it a little bit, uh previous episode or two about this, this final returning to sojourning in Canaan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's been a while. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot going on. And this chapter, uh, interesting, in that it starts out with this, genealogy, right. which again, we haven't seen in this form in a while, right? We had the genealogy uh, for Aesop, right? right? But that was a little bit different. right? Uh, this genealogy is more in the form that we've seen with the patriarchs, which is short and unusual.
1: Right. So the teaching on that is that the the word, these are the yoldot, the generations of Yaakov or whomever. What proceed, or what comes after that, rather, is defining the legacy. So when we had Noah, it said, these are the g- generations of Noah, that he was the one Sadiq in all the land, right? So he was the one righteous person yeah. in his generation. Um, and that's his legacy over Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And so here, what is Yaakov's real legacy? And it seems like the biblical author is saying um Yosef's life and how he maybe how he conducts himself within that is Yaakov's real legacy, which is an interesting proposition.
0: It is interesting. And you know, if you take that, right, the Yosef story is that reintroduction to Egypt. Mm -hmm. Right, which again, we haven't seen for a while since the beginning of the story with Avraham. Right. Um,
1: So if you're a fan of late authorship of the text, which would be very late, in my opinion, by the way, later than I am comfortable with. However, if you like a late authorship of the text, you're in luck in this story and why it gets so much time in the book of Genesis because the teaching about it if again, you're comfortable with the late date is that it's about how do we live when we're under empire? How do we thrive when we're inside of empire during the exile? And so we see Yosef scrap his way along and become very successful, blah, 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 blah. Right. And, um, that's the, that's the supposition that's made, um, for that dating. Uh, I again, think that, There is a lot of differences in the language between when you read something written in exile um, time and this kind of language amongst many problems. But if that's helpful to you or anybody else thinking about, oh, Egypt, this big empire motif, this big theme, it's come back. That is one frame of working with that.
0: Right. And so we see Yosef here being introduced as... A young man uh, 17 years old uh, which uh, you know is still an adult so to speak in this culture uh, in this time period but you know a young adult (laughs) right I uh, mean his
1: brother calls him a child
0: right the rabbis kind of talk about this He, he how he kind of kept this youthful energy which I think is kind of you know Symbolic of younger sibling mm-hmm. energy, mm-hmm. right? That you see in large families. Mm. Um,
1: As a younger sibling, I have no idea what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> right. So um, I think that's what's being hinted at here. And then it says he was a young man with the sons of Vilha and the sons of Zilpa, woman of his father. Interesting that it does not mention Leah. Right. In that.
1: Well, maybe they, he didn't hang out with the sons of Leah. Totally possible, right? Rachel and Leah were both alive for quite some time. Yeah. Um, Yosef was alive for a while before Benjamin was um, came into the world and his mom died. So maybe he was socialized out of like, don't really hang out with those boys. They're your competition for mm-hmm. dad's favor. Yeah, that's but, interesting. Uh, kids of the concubines, ah, sure, whatever.
0: Interesting, yeah. Potentially, I, I, I think that's a compelling theory. So he brought an evil creeping rumor regarding them, which again, interesting that it's against them, not the sons of Leah, right. supposedly, uh, to his father. And this creeping rumor, you know, it doesn't tell us what it is. Yeah. Uh, and also, this is the first time we see this in the text, this idea of a uh, an evil creeping rumor.
1: Rumor has it, yeah.
0: Um, which we won't see again until the book of Numbers hmm. when the Israelites come back into the land hmm. and they they send the twelve to scope out the city oh. and they bring back an evil creeping rumor
1: hmm. about the people in the land. Well, interesting.
0: So, Interesting parallels there.
1: Especially because Vilha and Zilpa probably aren't from the land, right? Right. Um, But the effect of that rumor is that Yisrael loved Yosef. Seemingly, I mean, they could be totally disconnected. But it doesn't say that Yisrael suddenly hated his other kids. It just says that he loved him more than everybody else.
0: Yeah, and I I agree. That's a weird transition between verses 2 and 3 where there is nothing. It's mentioned and then it moves on. Um, And we see, you know, more of the effects of that later, but it's not seemingly directly addressed.
1: Right. And I've I edit this detail out of my remembrance of the story. Um, It surprised me when I came across it in the passage, because so often, um, like in the terrible movie, um, Team Prince of Egypt, always, Um, always. In the movie and some retellings, it's like Yosef is just this naive, happy little kid who runs around and singing, I'm a miracle child. And it's just like he hasn't wised up to the ways of the world. And that's why he's so pesky and annoying to his brothers. But this portrays him not quite so like, oh, he just hasn't figured things out yet. An evil creeping rumor is pretty malicious and pretty intentional, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, and he's literally spying on his brothers, right? There's no way to get around that. Um, It's not great, not a good look. It's not great. The conversation the rabbis are having around what this rumor is, there's a couple of things that they suggest. One is that they are eating some of the animals, but not cooking and preparing it appropriately. They're just eating the raw meat. Mm. Uh, The other is that they are casting their eyes on the daughters of the land, um, big no-no, which is a big no-no, and also interesting because of where they're at, which the text is going to talk about Shechem. in a little bit. that they're in
1: Shechem, or they are going to go to Shechem,
0: right? So uh, interesting there. And then the last one is that they are scorning the sons of the maidservants and calling them slaves when they should not be. Hmm. So rude. That's their take. Keep on your the eyes war. to
1: yourselves, gentlemen. Right.
0: <laughs> um,
1: Okay. Well, interesting. I have yeah. no idea. I have no idea what the rumor could be. Right. Um, but apparently it worked out for USA if it worked on Yisrael, which here the name gets dropped Yisrael rather than Yaakov. Right. So good job, Israel, I guess. I guess. Walking in his supposed true identity. Right. Um, and he says, for he was the son of elders. So this is usually translated for he was the son of his old age. Yeah. But it doesn't. It's plural. It's the word for old people. So I'm not sure um, what's going on there. I... I, I think
0: that there's a potential callback to Abraham and Sarah, Oh, right? Because mm-hmm. in chapter 21, it says that Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. So Yosef being loved more than all of his sons is like Yitzchak, right? in that parallel story. And furthermore, because it's a son of his old age.
1: Mm. Right. So that would be the biblical narrator making the point that his legacy was continuing on that of his ancestors. Right. For better and for worse. Right. Um, And then very nice. He was for him. Yay. I mean, I wish he was for everybody or all of his kids anyway, but he was for him. And
0: then we have the mystical coat of many colors. We do Some Saruman vibes.
1: <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> um, so much for Gandalf. We're uh, we've moved on. Um, so this word that I translated tunic, which sometimes I said tunic while I was reading, and I don't know tunic. why. It hasn't been used since the garments that God made for them in the garden, which I thought you would love to know um
0: yeah that is super interesting
1: ta um and of many colors not so much um it says that it has long sleeves so it says long until the palms um which i think the reason everybody hates him for it is that that's clearly not a garment for hard labor Labor. yeah (laughs) um which i guess imagining him with all the nice stripes accomplishes the same thing but it's also silly because it makes us imagine everybody wearing like gray sacks, which was not yeah. the case. Um, they love the color red in the Bronze Age. Lots and lots and lots of red-dyed things, so okay. we should um, not imagine everybody else wearing sad, drab little sacks.
0: Right. Uh, I also see this as an interesting parallel between Yaakov and Asaph, right? Because Asaph is the one hunting and going out in the fields, and Yaakov was staying at home in the house. Mm, right. Uh, so, you know, definitely a
1: continuation
0: yeah daddy's boy which continuation
1: yeah well Yaakov maybe that was how he felt loved was by his mom Mm -hmm. was not being made to go out in the field so he's trying to do that for his favorite son so we should all be better ancestors and stop modeling such bad behavior for our kids right Um, the result
0: of all this however is that his brothers hated him and cannot speak to him
1: right for shalom um for the Piece of completeness, so they can't speak to him. I don't know whether that means they can't speak to him at all because of the brokenness of the Shalom, or if it means they can't talk to him toward the goal of Shalom hmm. because there's so much brokenness right. and tension there. Right, but
0: and he, that brings us to the dreams, mm-hmm. which... Uh,
1: Lame is opportunity. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, we've seen dreams happen in the past, But this is kind of the first time we've seen dreams brought up in this way in which these dreams are foretellings of the future, so to speak. Right. And and not necessarily ones that Joseph would know about. But he's definitely taking these and saying, check it out. Uh, In my dream, I was the leader.
1: Right. So I want to take a moment to talk about misconceptions um, and then talk about whether this is truly an exception or not. Because when we think about prophecy, thanks to either bad exegesis or theology and Hollywood or some mix of that, we tend to think of prophecy as being a future oriented thing where God says what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But so often... Uh, The word Navi just means a dripping from God. It's about what is happening right now. And so that shapes the way we read the prophets. But that's also the case in these dreams. Like the last two dreams that pop to my mind that have come before this are poor Avimelech hearing, hey, just letting you know, Abraham has gotten up to some shenanigans or not Abraham Yitzchak. I don't remember which one. Uh, And then the other one that pops to mind is Levon. And he says, hey, don't do anything stupid. It can turn bad real fast, so don't do that. Right. Um, Again, those are very present tense. So I think it's possible to read these. As him saying, um, not someday, um, which is easy for us because we know the end of the story. But pretending we don't know what happens at the end. He could be saying, this is what's going on right now. Ha 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 ha. Interesting. <laughs> you okay. guys are bowing to me because I don't have to do any of the work. Um, uh, so you can read it either way, I think. And right. they take it... Uh, you know, verb tense is also a little bit flexible in the text. Um, and the Masoretes, who came much later and were not inspired, in my opinion, um, try to give us a little bit more concrete guidelines on when to read something as future or past. But like, when the brothers say reigning, you shall reign over us, or ruling, you rule within us. You can read that in a couple of different tenses if you play around with it. So, things are nebulous.
0: yeah. I was just talking with my students about prophets, uh, ah. because Avraham is the first person to be called a prophet. It's true. By God, mm-hmm. and the context for that is it is with Avimelech, mm. um, and God tells Avraham to heal, pray, and heal them. Right. So interesting that you know the job of the prophet is prayer and healing. Right. But we also you know prophesying like you said has kind of become this thing that we picture outside of the text the
1: end is coming right. or conversely revival is coming right it's like what's happening right now god yeah. likes to deal with this in the here and now yeah um and maybe like maybe these dreams were from God and Yosef's reaction to them were supposed to be, oh dang, that's unjust, not ha, I love it. <laughs> right? um, he could also be lying, you know anyway. so he says to them after they've they've hated him, it's hard to tell if that's chronological or thematic from the uh, from the narrator there. It says they added more to the hating of him after he proclaimed it to them Yeah,
0: it's just piling up.
1: Right, so he says, uh, we were binding the bound things as if to make them mute within the field. Look here, my bound thing arose and stationed itself upright. Look here, your bound things surrounded her and bound, bowed themselves to my bound thing. So first off, that's long and an unusual translation, but it is. it's probably sheaves. I'm, you know, uh, but the word just says bound things. So I left it there so that we can have all the fun or somebody else smarter than us can have all the fun in the world.
0: Yeah. Well, and the, the, uh, rabbinic conversation also brings up this idea of, to make them mute. Mm, as well so they catch on to that hey, hey, also hey. so oh,
1: hey uh, me and the rabbis hanging out today who right knew? yeah uh so also i'd like to point out that these dreams specifically this one sounds incredibly phallic to me and maybe that's <laughs> just my mind in the gutter but mine arose and stationed itself upright in yours aren't you know yours can't Uh they're they're flopped over the legacy conversation yeah but also you know he's 17 so you could say it's a grand theological point with much merit (laughs) or you can say he's just being an idiot yeah Um, and i'm comfortable more with the second one but Uh potentially the first
0: well in either way these dreams are not something that god told him to share Right. And he's going about and using it to uplift himself. Right. Right. Above <laughs> his brothers. Yes. Um, and going back to the job of prophets, that's not right. it. Right. Not you know? not it.
1: Uh, <laughs> Every time God tells you something is not the same as a prescription to go and put it on airdrop to everybody right, on the plane.
0: Right. And if you take this as a potential foretelling, right, the ultimate walking out of this is he does end up bringing healing and safety safety to his family so. right
1: right uh but not for a long time so there's no reason to not be for annoying a long about it no time. yep that word added by the way they added more to the hating of him that's his name yosef I means scraped together added uh, okay <clears throat> so it's a little play on words and then everybody yells at him um and he doesn't learn his lesson and he does it again and right. loops in his father and hey finally one point in Yaakov's ledger, in my opinion, that he takes the time to rebuke him, <laughs> you know?
0: He does? Yeah. Uh, he does. But he also takes note of these things, right? He s- says he his father guarded, guarded the, the word. So he didn't, like, just rebuke him and forget. He rebuked him for being foolish about this, but also took his dream seriously, right. it seems.
1: He also asked him about it. He says, what is this? Right. Um,
0: so much more engaged.
1: Yes. Which is great. That's a good thing in the line of men in this family. So we're going to celebrate all the growth that we see. Right. Um, Should he have intervened more in um, the relationship between these brothers and realized his part in it? Yes. Unless that's about what he's about to try to do in the next portion.
0: We'll see. Yeah. So let's get into part two, uh, verses 12 to 24. His brothers walked to pasture the flock of their father in Shechem, which again, like we just said, what in the world are they doing back here? Why are they returning to Shechem in mm. the first place? Mm. Uh, you know, because they kind of ran away from Shechem mm. uh, because they had destroyed the city, and Yaakov is worried about all the other neighboring cities.
1: Right, one generation being mad at them. ago. Well, when-
0: not really. I mean, just like a few chap, two chapters ago.
1: Right, but that was their their Oh, that no, you're them. right.
0: They did this. Yeah, they destroyed right. that city.
1: <laughs> Good point. Never mind. Um, well, maybe, well, okay. Well, here's here's the thing. It could be that they've gone back to the city that they bulldozed over and looted everything from, which would be a, kind of a bummer. Although it would make sense that they're pasturing there if it's just a wasteland. Um, but Shechem means shoulder. And sometimes the text talks about geographical features. Um like the shoulder between two mountains type thing. Okay. And so it's always possible that it's not specifically they're walking to the city-state Shechem. Um, That got ruined. Um, But maybe they are, and it's a good place for pasturing now. Or maybe it's the area around it and not actually within the walls, and they just like to keep an eye on things. Uh, Kind of picture the Monty Python scene of the guys watching them coming up, you know? Holy grail.
0: I think... I think they are in Shechem oh, right. from from chapter 34. And I think that's why Yisrael uh, is sending Yosef to go and check Ooh, on
1: them. Oh, good idea. Uh,
0: I think he's suspicious about that choice. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> All the places. Right now.
0: But also uh, interesting that he's still t- choosing to send Yosef, even though... It's very obvious that his brothers do not like him.
1: Right. Flouncy boy. Yeah. You've got this one. And
0: I think it's an interesting place here in verse 14 to see Yosef say, look, I am here. That Mm -hmm. Hineni word again.
1: He's saying, yeah, I'll do it. You're giving me a job. Um, But but yeah, uh, to me, the whole thing reads as what are you doing? Um, I could be wrong and I like... I like your take on Yitzchak not Yitzchak, um, Yaakov's approach to this situation of like, hey, I'm worried about this. But to me, it's almost like the brothers left that morning. And then Yaakov is walking through the tent camp and he sees Yosef just like
0: lagging behind.
1: Well, just like sitting on a stump, eating some cheese. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing? Aren't your brothers out there already? Uh, why haven't you gone? And it's in cohortative. Oh, I would send you toward them. He says, what? I'm here. What do you need? What's the problem? He says, go. Oh, no. <laughs> seek the peace of your brothers they're not with peace at you and with you and you need to be taking care of the flock too uh and then come back and let me know how how it's going so that's how i read it um less intentional by yaakov and more spontaneous what are you doing not working mm-hmm. but that could be a an eye a poor eye toward jojo here
0: yeah could be um
1: What did the rabbis say about this mysterious dude in a field?
0: They say a couple of things. So uh, verse 15, he found a man. Uh, Look here, he was wandering in the field. Some of the rabbis say this is Gabriel. (laughs) Okay. uh, The angel. (laughs) Sure. Uh, And Gabriel tries to warn Joseph not to go to Shechem. Okay. uh, By saying that, by telling him that they have gone to Shechem, Dotan. Uh-huh. Um, Just Dotan. Dotan. Yeah. And that they relate the word Dotan to Datot, which, according to the rabbis, has to do with the law. And so they've gone to seek some laws from Dotan about being able to murder their brother. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, finding some workaround legally to get rid of, of, of Yosef.
1: That's a very feels like a projection to me because we're pre-law and of course the rabbis if they wanted to murder someone they would immediately go to the scrolls and be like i'm sure it's in here somewhere sure (laughs) but there's nothing to check like god has not laid out the covenant so
0: sure i think it's weird because we don't often have unnamed characters in the text
1: Mm. yeah totally um I think it's put in there by God for us to go, who is this?
0: Yeah, who is this person? Uh, you know, And so we, have, uh, we see this only a few times. We see the unnamed angels that come and visit Avraham okay. before the destruction of Sodom.
1: Right, although they get named a bunch of different things in that story. Like sometimes they're men and sometimes they're God and sometimes they're
0: right angels. But they're, they're still never given a specific name. Uh, and we also see the the man who wrestles with Yaakov in chapter 32, hmm. who is not named, uh, even though Yaakov refers to him later as God, right? There's still that that mystery there of, is this an angel? Was it Esav? Was it God? Uh, it doesn't specify. So some instances there where we don't see the person named. I think this more specifically relates to the uh, cove story uh, because it's a singular person. Mm. But again, why is this person not named? I have no idea.
1: Yeah, mysterious. Uh, Mysterious, uh, we can be the angel that wrestled with him, right? So maybe it's like Esau just chilling out. Yeah, I don't know. Send us your ideas. We don't have them. We don't have one. If you have a (laughs) teaching...
0: Fill us in. i couldn't find anything and i did spend some time looking it's just you know hard there was there wasn't a lot that bro? i could find yeah so
1: okay well here's my thing about dotan so dotan uh, has been continually occupied since the neolithic era it's always nice when we can say for sure that we know a place existed in Tamar. oh yeah that's super interesting um and i've always imagined it as like a field that happened to have wells in it right because they're pasturing We don't picture anything else, um, or I haven't. When they see him coming from a distance, it's like, oh, he must have come over the hill, and then they have all that time for him walking up. However, um, it's a fortification with a citadel in it. Like, it's pretty majorly occupied. Um, It's located along the road from Egypt to Assyria. So it's heavily trafficked. Yeah,
0: trade route.
1: Big population. Yeah. Um, So uh, they're going up not for, like, oh, there's better grass to the north. Um, It's a 22 hour walk, by the way. So they're walking through the desert to get to this populated area, presumably, maybe for something fun, right? Like we'll see in the next chapter. Yeah.
0: I think that's an interesting point. There is a note the rabbis make that. You know, they weren't going to pasture the flock. They went out to pasture themselves. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: well I, <laughs> but that would be one way to spin it. Yeah. What's up north? Mm, good things. Um, And then it has an Akkadian name. Dotan is Akkadian, um, which also makes sense why the rabbis are trying to make it not be. But it's an Akkadian word that means two wells. And look, there's these two wells in there in the story. Right. Um, So it's. The cultural majority there is again from the north, bum, 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 which is going to be a like fire alarm going off for readers, the original readers of this this text. Like, oh, bad, bad, sneaky people live there. Our enemies live there. What are you guys doing going up there for fun? Right. Um. So those are some things we miss about it. Um.
0: Yeah. P- potentially some future parallels with uh, David. Being sent to check on his brothers. Mm. But I'd have to dig into that more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is impressive, by the way, that they see him from afar if they're in a populated area. Makes me wonder um whether he's just like wandering through the crowd and they see him or if they're like hanging out outside the fortifications and they see him coming or what exactly is going on there. But they're still able to see him. And it says. Right. They deceived within themselves, which is a very deep way to describe plotting, like plotting someone else's. Um, end is really right, just deceiving a, yourself.
0: That this is the best route. This is to what take. I
1: have to do. This is what will make me happy. And right. it's not true. And it says to bring his death. So there's a word for murder. There's actually a couple different words for murder, depending on whether it's an animal or you're slaughtering someone ceremonially or whatever. Yeah. It's none of those. It just says to bring his death. So there. Are, there is still a step removed from, like, we're not going to actually kill him ourselves. We're just going to tie him to a tree and leave him there. Or whatever. Yeah,
0: and I think that's where the, the rabbis are going in the conversation of going to Deltan to oh. find some legal recourse right. to dispose of their brother. Right. Um, I
1: would think that it's just hard to actually murder someone, you know, but <laughs> maybe, I don't maybe.
0: Know. You tell them to go meet you in a field somewhere, and they don't come back. Who's going to check?
1: <laughs> I guess. Uh, but so they come up with a plan, a plot. Look here, this master of dreams, Baal chlomim, is coming. Now walk, with that we could kill him. Cohortative again, desiring, tense, not that we will, but we want to. And fling him into one of the wells, we will say, and female, <laughs> evil living thing devoured him. We will see what will be of his dreams.
0: Yeah, which is uh, a bizarre thing thing to say, uh, and, you know, we see, we, we think of this as uh, usually, you know, the fierce or wild animal that killed him, right? It's usually how we see this translated or talked about. Right. Um, a beastie. Which is fine, but the fact that it's a female evil living thing right, is weird, and it's hard to know what to do with that. The rabbis make some loose connections to uh, Potiphar's wife through mm. that. Hmm. Um but you know that's just you know that's a pretty loose loose link loose yeah
1: um here's what i can say um and what i can't say cannot say uh is in jewish mystical tradition which we see pop up you know by the first century certainly because and actually by the writing of the chronicles actually um there are supernatural beings absolutely everywhere, everywhere. Like they talk about the air you breathe probably has a spirit of some kind. In okay. It. Very, um, uh, an alive imagination and a, a living, a living spiritual realm that we're in here. Sure. Yeah. Not just viewing things. Cover as, your mouth when you yawn because y- there's yeah. a, yeah. right. Don't want to breathe in a demon. Um, and in that tradition, there are specific, spirits that are female and scary right Lilith being the one that everybody knows about sure Adam's first wife vampire all the all the good stuff um that's a different story for a different time however I don't know how far back that tradition really starts because so much of our knowledge about that is oral right and so we see it certainly show up in the Talmud and the Mishnah and all these other places but it's hard to nail down at the time of the writing of the text unless your team late then happy day congratulations you are in the clear um, that could be somewhat of what they're talking about like leave him in the well and then a evil yeah. spirit will come and get him um, however we don't see that show up in most of Tanakh except for the fact that angels and seraphs which are snakes and um cherubim are kind of running around and we just have different categories for those so we go oh yeah sure Uh uh-huh and then there's a cherub cool um and we don't think about the fact that that's a supernatural being just chilling out in in the world so that's a possibility or they're talking about a animal and it's female because it's like the mama bear is going to protect her baby bear and Hmm. so they're scarier I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't think of mama bears as being evil, but but that's also a possibility if you are, you know, very concerned with getting out of supernatural land. I don't know you in your life. Yeah, I know you, George.
0: But well, <laughs> my yeah, listeners, you yeah. <laughs> I think you know if you read this story, I think there are some things here that might draw you back to the Cain and Abel story, um, talking about the garden again, right? Uh, as we do, as we um, do. And in that story, there is an evil thing that's crouching at the door waiting to get in. Yeah, um,
1: I have the Hebrew pulled up in front of me right now because I was trying to check word, okay. which word.
0: And I don't know that's the that is the same thing, but conceptually, I think there is uh, an image parallel here hmm. between that and death, right? Um, and they're talking about this evil thing that's going to come and bring death. In the Cain and Abel story, God's like, if you let this evil thing right manipulate you death is going to come of that right um and
1: in chapter 4 verse 7 it's sin is at the door by the way
0: right and it's um, the one
1: creeping around so it's not as cool yeah i that,
0: it's a i think it's foreman who has that midrashic teaching
1: yeah the which beast is that crouches at the door right and right. a whole book on it and it's great and everybody should buy it right uh, um,
0: but, you know, we see this language around striking a soul, pouring out blood.
1: Right. And they're about to try to murder their brother, yeah, basically. In field. Certainly. You can't get away from Cain and Havel in that context. Right. So, but Ruvain tries to interfere.
0: Yeah. We see an unlikely... Uh, here Our hero. <laughs> hero. Last
1: time we saw him, he was sleeping in, with his stepmom. So, yeah. it's, he's gone uphill.
0: Right. Uh, And he's, he points out, we ought not to do this thing. And this is a, this is a callback to the, uh, covenant, Hmm. um, to not murder.
1: Right. right? (laughs) Generally a good thing. Um, I also would like to point out, even the translation, we ought not not to strike a soul. That kind of sounds like a Southern American, um, idiom like, oh, he wouldn't hurt a fly. Right. But, um, but when you delete that, our cultural parlance from the phrase, we ought not to strike a living soul, right? It doesn't say living, it just says a soul. Um, but it's acknowledging the humanity of his brothers, hmm. which of course is at the root of hatred, is forgetting the complexity behind a human being, and yeah. safe has lost his mom in a terrible, violent way, and his brothers ought to have been able to imagine him complexly, and... Um, you know, see that this desire for supremacy is coming from a place of brokenness, and they fail to do that. So Rubain saying he's still a soul, and we shouldn't strike even a soul, um, I think is significant. And then he also, uh, yeah, he goes back to the Cain and Havel by saying do not pour out his blood and provides an alternate plan. (laughs) It still involves flinging him. So you know, not a great Not a great start, but fling him toward this well in the desert. So outside of town, presumably.
0: Right. And I mean, so the strike a soul portion, the first Mm -hmm. time we see that word for strike, the, uh, is Cain. Uh, and God, when God puts the mark on him, he says, uh, no one will strike. you." No one will strike you. So, and I like what you're talking about there with the recognizing humanity. You know, because Cain is somebody that I feel like most of us would say, like, yeah, he should be stricken down. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the place where Yosef's brothers are at with him mm-hmm. in that, you know, they've just grown so tired of his everything. stuff, everything mm-hmm. he's been pulling, that they're not recognizing his humanity anymore. Right. So I, I think there's an interesting parallel there in mm-hmm. that uh, from what you've said. So, um, yeah, and then the do not pour out blood, that's the Noahic covenant part, right? Great. Right. People who spill blood, that's going to happen to them. Right. So, and fleeing him towards this well. Right. Uh,
1: Chuck him in there.
0: Makes me think of Hagar mm. throws Ishmael under the bush mm. when, Does she? Uh, yeah, flings him under the bush <laughs> and, you know, to die. Right. Kind of like in this story. Right. So
1: which again, Team Hagar might have been because of Egyptian mythology of the way that he's hoping for resurrection for him. Um, not so much what's happening here. Not so much. Uh, yeah, so he's, and the text, so helpful whenever it tells us people's motivations, if only there is a little commentary going the whole time about people's motivations, but this was an order that he could snatch them from their hands and cause them to return toward his father.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Uh, the rabbis say this is why he's given the first portion of land when they come back into uh, mm. Israel.
1: Well, he is the bechor, so, so he should also.
0: <laughs> well, you know, but they call that into question with the previous story. Right, so right, um, valid. Yeah. So okay. there's some redemption here, for sure, that's
1: recognized. Right. They strip Yosef of his tunic, the one that was irritating them so much. I can't read anything about stripping him of his tunic without immediately thinking of Jesus. Um, you know, analogy there. Yeah. Um, and they fling him in the well, which, by the way, the stripping him is not part of Ruvane's plan. Um, but it is nice that they put him, they didn't make him swim in there. So there's that.
0: Yeah. Uh, the rabbis say that the, the two wells were dry, but one of them had scorpions in it and that's the one they threw him in.
1: (laughs) Dang. Um, so Uh, and just a reminder for all of us, including me, I always picture the wells as looking like they do in the beginning of Snow White.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. The big, deep pit.
1: Yeah. With the nice, well, not even necessarily deep. Just that would be more, um, what is it? The the mice movie. The mice Disney movie where the little girl is sent down and it's totally harrowing to find like the diamond inside the well. Remember oh man, this? what was that? Our childhood defined by child labor and scary ladies on crocodiles with huge false eyelashes. Oh, the rescuers. The rescuers. There yeah. it is. There it is. Source of nightmares. Um, so it's not that. It is rather a that whole era
0: of animation <laughs> is a source of nightmares. <laughs> Let's be real. I don't know what was going on with those animators during um, that time. You
1: can't protect kids from real life and in real life maybe you'll be a victim of child trafficking and made to pick diamonds uh from wells okay we've gotten off track here so reminder that these are cisterns so this is a whole bunch of stairs um, and a huge cavern at the end basically rather than a hole Um, which by the way, when we were in Yisrael with Marty, there were scorpions on the stairs. That's
0: true. We saw the scorpions (laughs) in the cistern. (laughs) There we go. We know what that's like.
1: Yeah. Maybe it was the same one. Well, you know what though?
0: That scorpion saved us from having to walk up and down the stairs a bunch. Right. So,
1: but we're not here to ruin Marty's teaching. So no more. Uh, and then they sit down to have a little picnic, which is kind of hilarious. Like, ah, don't we all feel better from sticking our brother with a bunch of scorpions and have have a nice meal and they look a caravan specifically of yish well yish yish ye, <laughs> <laughs> SNL skit, Timothy Shalmay reference. Okay. Yishmaelim coming from the Heap of Witness, which I think is a very interesting way to frame that. You know, this treaty between these two people who didn't get along is why we have Gilad. The Heap of Witness comes from Levan and Yaakov not yep. getting along, but them saying, okay, look, you won't come this far and I won't come this far. And it's kind of this reminder that things are not as they should be, that there are conflict resolution tools they could be using. And then that it's from the legacy of Yishmael is also a reminder of that. Like these guys are your brothers and you should all be one, one big happy family. Right. Alas, a reminder of the legacy that's continued to be broken generation by generation.
0: Um, yeah. So they have a slight change of plans yes. as they see this mass fortune before their eyes. Right. A whole 20 pieces
1: of silver. Ooh. Um, Rubain has gone somewhere, by the way. He's yeah. not there anymore. Well,
0: yeah. So there's
1: an interesting
0: uh, midrash on where is Rubain. Rubain. Um, Stealing
1: someone's stepmom again. <laughs> well. Swiping on Tinder.
0: So, uh, some of the rabbis say that he's gone back home because every so often they have to send somebody back to report. Um, interesting, but I think that's, uh, you know, I don't know if he was doing that, then why would they need to send Yosef to go check on them?
1: Right. And also, unless they
0: think he's dishonest too, but
1: it's hard to imagine him being like, good job, everybody. We put him in the well. All right. Off I go to walk 21 hours. The South. Right. And then 21 hours back. And right. that's when you have a road to walk on. Um, so it's, I'm sure it's more than that.
0: Yeah. I mean, so um, Foreman talks about uh, uh, a teaching by Rashbaum mm-hmm. uh, here that Ravain is here the entire time. Oh. He's not gone somewhere else. Mm. Uh, and the reason that uh, he says that is if you look at the pieces in the narrative they sit down to eat, Okay. probably not right next to the well because Yosef is in there screaming.
1: Right. Uh, so they go <laughs>
0: off a little ways to eat. Mm-hmm. They uh, see this caravan and come up with this plan. Mm-hmm. And so it's likely that Ruvain's uh, first thought is, okay, crap, I gotta get Yosef out before the caravan gets here, mm-hmm. right? So his plan has been bumped forward a little bit. Right. Um, and so he's there. He runs back ah. to go check on Yosef's, right? So you got to mm-hmm. kind of align the story here. Sees that he's gone mm-hmm. uh, because the merchants of Midian have come up that Snatched they didn't see. Mm-hmm. Snatched uh, Yosef. So he comes back to his brothers over the hill uh, and has the, the scene of him tearing his cloak and saying, what am I going to do? Right. Um, meanwhile, the merchants of Midian go and sell Yosef. <laughs> to the Ishmaelites.
1: Rather Shakespearean comedy, if it wasn't, you know, about human trafficking. Um, but you can definitely see that. So Rashbam is in the line of Rashi, by the way. Yeah, grandson, I think. Mm-hmm. And he is um, usually pretty annoyed by whatever fantastical things that his, the family that he's married into. He's not the actual son. He's a son-in-law. Well. That's rude, but he's not his grandson. Anyway, um, and so he usually is bringing this very logical, very methodical look. There's no angels involved here. There's nothing crazy. It's just Ruben was over the hill doing blah, blah, blah. Um, so that's within his character, but it's always fun to know those different things. He tends to be salty. Um, so if that's you out there hating all the supernatural explanations for things, go read some Rashbam. Right. Um, and if you think that that sounds like a buzzkill, stick, stick with Rashi. Yeah. The OG.
0: Yeah. So verse 28, men, merchants of Midian crossed over, they drew up and brought Yosef up from the well they sold Yosef to the Yishmaelim for 20 silver they brought Yosef to Mitzrayim Mitzrayim. right so all those days connecting it to the merchants of Midian which makes sense because it's literally right there right right after them so uh, one of those things where we often gloss over the detail right um, uh, because of our preconceived idea of how the story is going
1: right also, the word spices uh, comes from the word for stricken, which makes sense of okay. because of how you make um, how you make spices. But if you are tracking all of our Jesus pictures, we've got stripping, we've got chucking, <laughs> we've got um, strickening. That's a joke. That's not a word. Um, but also, we've got this big stone over the cistern, right? Because that's how you open open mm, up a cistern. Right. And, and these different people rolling it away.
0: Yeah, um, if only they had Nitzchak there to roll it away for them.
1: Right, so there's your Easter sermon, somebody.
0: Yeah, so uh, they uh, the merchants of Midian sell him for 20 silver. Right. Ruven returns. Look here, Yosef was not in the well, right? So that order, right, is, he he points out as specific because if he had returned before, right, the brothers would be, he was just with the brothers. So the brothers right. couldn't have gone and sold him before he got there. Right. So So uh, he tears his clothes, which this is the first time we see somebody doing this. Oh. Um, this tearing of their clothes. Uh, and... It was hot out. Yeah. It was hot out. Um, I think it's interesting. I was looking at... You he know he was the different,
1: super buff and he just flexed.
0: <laughs> that's definitely what happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He got down on his knees and did like the arms out, shaking fist pose and flexed and then just kind of shredded shredded. his shirt off his body.
1: One hand opie. Okay. What were you about to say?
0: Oh, I was going to say there was this interesting thing about the robe that Aaron wears Um, specifically is made so that it can't be torn from the collar. No
1: matter how buff you get.
0: No matter how buff you are. You can't tear this rope. Wow. Um, and oh. he has to wear it because if he doesn't and goes into the presence, then he dies. Oh, man. So it's this interesting connection between death and this ceremony of ripping your clothes when something tragic happens. And the fact that he can't do that, I think, mm. is interesting.
1: Yeah. Also says something about the heart posture of the high priest, that yeah. they are not allowed to lament in such a way. Right. That's really, that's really, really cool. Yeah. I'm here for it. Um, Can't get too buff as a high priest. Yeah, so you heard it yeah. here first. Aaron was the most jacked person to ever live. Uh, yeah. Gains for days.
0: Gains for days. Uh, only milk. leg day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> only <laughs> leg day. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. So he's gone, and the brothers come up with this new plan, because all they have left is the cloak,
1: Right. Well, first, Ruvain says, by the way, the child is not. Um, yeah. He says, well, from amy. his
0: perspective, he just disappeared.
1: Yeah. Right. And his response is, where shall I go? Which I think is very interesting because he knows what this means for his status. as Like, I'm supposed right. to failed. be the leader. I'm supposed to do all this stuff. And now you want me to go back home to my dad? I don't think so. Where am I going to go? Um so then they come up with this plan, potentially in order to help you uh Rubain. This right. might be a response to Odang, oh, we didn't realize that you would be in trouble. Yeah, and maybe. They slaughter a hairy goat, another Asav reference. Aesav reference. They dip it in blood. And they send it back to dad and they say, scrutinize, scrutinize, please. Um, that word as a verb means to scrutinize, but it's the root, which also means, uh, an out of towner, a foreigner. Um, so it's, their saying, they're saying, recognize t- it, treating Yosef as this outsider, right? Um, Okay, right, and so they're asking, do you recognize it? But they're saying, look closely. What do you think has happened here? Right. Uh, which again, if it really was rainbow and shiny and sparkly se- sequins like it's always portrayed, there wouldn't be a lot of scrutiny necessary, <laughs>
0: yeah. It'd be instantly recognizable, <laughs> right. right?
1: Um, so he does, and he immediately jumps to a female evil living thing, scene. yeah.
0: They don't even have to tell him this, he's they just instantly just there. Like, the
1: spirits, dang it, right? <laughs> Lilith is running around, apparently. Um, Yosef is torn as a young fruit, so this. Uh, tearing pictures like if you're taking fruit from the vine too early type thing Um, which is something that we see in his blessing way later Mm, spoiler uh alert when he um, talks about his blessing of yosef
0: yeah so he also tears his clothes Specifically,
1: he, his dress, right. George. Don't delete out the fact that all the men in Tanakh wear dresses, and dresses he, are
0: cultural. <laughs> he ripped his dress and placed mesh upon his hips. Yes, which uh, I'm not familiar with that tradition. Let
1: me tell you about
0: it. I, I'm I'm picturing like net netting, netting, yeah, yeah. pretty like close. Netted stockings or something. <laughs> yes, got to cover up somehow. It's a uh, it's a uh, um. Sean Austin and 51st States. You know, he's got that mesh tank top.
1: Oh yeah. 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 It's just big That's 2000s what he has energy. underneath <laughs> the dress. <laughs> he's never nude. No, um, okay, so I've always pictured potato sack. Um however The which isn't hugely far away from the truth, but I always thought that it had to do with like, you want to look ugly doesn't fit when you're grieving to look fancy. And so you want to make yourself look ugly. Um, Kind of like the scene in a show that you haven't seen. Never mind. For yeah. a different time.
0: Uh, oh yeah, I get that reference. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> good job. Okay. So the root of the word that we usually translate sackcloth um has to do very specifically with the fact that liquid is able to run through it. And I'm making a gross face right now, but if you think about Agriculture first before thinking about um, Yaakov. That's helpful because you don't want moisture to get in your grain and then rot your grain. Oh, inside sure, the you want
0: it to be able to move through,
1: right, to drain out. Your- your uh your grain stays dry huzzah it doesn't get moldy in there so the idea i'm pretty sure is kind of like the opposite of a diaper an adult diaper mm. that you're grieving you don't have time for basic functioning
0: yeah this is all you're doing
1: this is all you're doing is you're sitting there and you are mourning for seven days and so um, you're not going to get up from doing that, which is gross, but it also specifically says upon his hips. And I also think that right. is evocative of what I'm talking about because it's not around his shoulders or mm. whatever. So yes, um, you know, a sad fishnet stocking situation. Right.
0: So he mourned over his son for many days. All his sons and all his daughters rose which, to by the way, him.
1: More than one daughter. Yeah, the, Left rabbis, out of the, genealogies. the
0: rabbis say that it's not because he had more daughters, but it's because he considers the wives of his husbands as his daughters. Oh, well, that's nice. Um, so, I thought you
1: were going to say, like, his wimpy sons or something. No. big um, like, uh, rabbis! He
0: refused to be comforted within himself. He mm-hmm. said, for I will descend toward my son mourning into Shaol, Sha'ol uh, which is a first mention. Mm-hmm. So first time we see this, and it's, this is something that's a I, I you know, a frequent conversation, I think, in, in a lot of Christian circles around what in the world is this?
1: Or it's not, and it's just hell. Deal with it, George.
0: Well, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's the frequent conversation. Is this hell? Is it meaning just in the ground, Is I think, is a common interpretation? Like, right, what are the they grave. talking about here? You know, is it just their cultural understanding of death? Um,
1: right so people can go and read save yourself some time go and read the wikipedia article called shale um but what's interesting about it and what makes it seem like it's not just the grave right which i'm presuming he's speaking colloquially anyway but um here are the reasons that it seems dubious to just translate it, the pit, IE, the place you'll be buried. First off, people aren't buried in pits. They're buried in cliff sides, but whatever. Um, okay. So these are the texts that make that seem sketchy. Um, Korach and his rebellion, the ground opens up and they're swallowed into Sha'ol. Okay. Um, It's also, before I start going through these, it's also called the place of asking, right? Asking Sheol um, is just the word for ask. And so you can say those are the mourners by the grave asking God to do something, but it also makes it seem like there's something more going on there. Um, And it says they entered Sheol alive um, in Deuteronomy. Uh, Moshe says that God's anger is burning in Sheol, which makes it seem like it's not just the grave. Um, 1 Samuel talks about how God takes souls to Sheol and it sounds to my Greek brain, you know, off a lot like crossing the river. Um, 2 Samuel talks about Sheol, um, uh, 1 Kings as well. Um, in Yeshayahu, it talks about Shaol as a place that has an ever increasing hunger for living men. Um, and there's also in more of the prophets descriptions of shades who walk Hmm. around, um, shadows who walk around in Shaol.
0: Yeah. So this is the upside down.
1: (laughs) (laughs) New theology breaking now. Thanks to George. Um, so people can do whatever they want with all of that, you can say that's just the grave over and over and over again, even though people's eternal destinies here were in boxes, not in holes. Um, There's nothing about Shaol as a word that implies a hole or a box. It's just asking. Um, So you can do whatever you want, but that's the most of the biblical mentions. Oh, it is mentioned 66 times. Oh boy. (laughs) But again, Go to your own research if you're curious. I don't have the answers for you. I'm just telling you what's in the text. Okay. Um, so he feels, but good to know if it is a kind of mystical understanding of places where these spirits are, right? Um, that's already in the Bronze Age, so ta-da. King David is Iron Age, by the way, so that's how we split up the story, Um. We already have some things. His father sobbed for him.
0: Yeah. Uh, the Midrash says that this is Yitzhak, uh, not Yaakov. That's sobbing. So
1: Didn't he just die in the last chapter?
0: Well, so that's that's the thing. They talk about, they look at the ages. And they look at when Yosef is born. And Yosef is only 17 in this story. Oh, boy. And Yitzhak, if you do the math, lives for a considerable amount of time beyond that, based on how long uh, it was between the birth of right Yaakov and Joseph, so but
1: George, all the stories in the Bible happen in chronological order always. Otherwise, they're lies.
0: Right, because you know, kings and chronicles make sense that way.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's the rebirth. Don't worry about it. Um, um so oh, that's what they say. Okay. Uh,
0: and they say he sobs because he has this mystical understanding of the fact that Yosef isn't dead. Uh Ooh. and but can't say anything. Uh, interesting. So
1: interesting. Well, I mean, that doesn't make Yitzhak look very good in my opinion, because then he should still be functioning as patriarch. But right. nevertheless, uh we have the first time out of many that Yaakov might know not even the first yeah yeah the first time out of many he says that he's about to die i'm going to descend toward my son right morning into the grave or whatever you want to say um <laughs> so that'll be a theme but finish us off here the Midanim sold him towards mitsrayim again that's a biblical word for egypt mitsrayim means a narrow tight place which is always contrasted with the promised land which is an open wide space And he sells them to Potiphar, which means, in Egyptian, he whom Ra has given. And he is a eunuch of Pero, don't listen to anybody who says otherwise, commander of the slayers. Yeah. So, fascinatingly, that, people usually translate that, captain of the guard, which is, again, is just importing our European brain into things.
0: You know what's funny about that? So, I was looking at the appearances of this in the text. okay. Which there's a lot. It, 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 it comes around quite frequently.
1: The word slayers or unit commander or of one? the slayers. Okay. Uh,
0: and specifically, you know, the slayers part. Okay. And all of them they translate as commander of the slayers, except except for in First Samuel chapter nine, uh, and uh, and it says Samuel said unto the
1: cook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay.
0: Bring the portion. Uh, Which I gave thee.
1: So the guy in prison, who later we think of who's down there, there's a cupbearer and the chef and one of them gets killed and the other gets restored. The chef is the same word. And so Perot, this uh, potifar rather, could be the head chef. Which would be
0: interesting. Which
1: would be interesting. It would make sense why he has a chef in his prison. Um, he could also be the commander of the executioners, right? This is the word I talked about. All these different words for murder. This is one um, that has to do with like ritual slaying. So he could be the head executioner. He could also be um, the head of an elite fighting force. <laughs> We're <all> the slayers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, that's great. can def- decide how fanciful you want to get. Um, but also it means that the chef who's down there, you could also do the same thing. That chef could also be an executioner hmm. or he could also be a, you know,
0: I mean, we definitely make him out to be a chef.
1: We do. Uh, however, how cool would that be if the person who is restored into peace into Shalom and kingdom is the minister, the cupbearer, so word for minister, um, and the person who is killed is the, uh, you know. The executioner yeah prophetic Jesus stuff uh or you know they're all cooks
0: they're all cooks
1: <laughs> he's away because he's putting on a lovely Thanksgiving feast all right that's been chapter 37
0: <laughs> yeah great chapter super fun
1: yeah I mean maybe it shouldn't be when we're talking about this much familiar familial brokenness and you know human trafficking but there's a lot to get into. Um, So I normally say send in your questions and thoughts to gmail.com, but when you're listening to this, I'll probably be on maternity leave, so I probably will not answer you for quite some time. You may still always send them in. Uh, That is up to you. What would be more life-giving to your soul? Or mine? Uh, But otherwise... Yes, um, again, I have probably had my baby by the time um, you're listening to this and uh, we will resume when we have resumed. So,
0: This has been the Texas Us podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and we hope that you will join us again when we get around to recording <laughs> chapter 38. Okay,
1: bye. Thanks, guys.